Your brain holds lots of things. And um, as a society, we put a lot of stock into like, you can think through your problems or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But when you were a kid, you didn't have any words for a lot of these things. And so your body holds on to a lot of those experiences. That's Ginger Fatale. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Anna is amazing at sending incredible recommendations to this podcast. She is the graphic designer that we have worked with for since the beginning of Powerful Ladies and all of my businesses. And when she gives a recap of someone, she includes all the things. And you know, when you popped on a few minutes ago, we were getting ready. I said, there are so many juicy topics that are in your wheelhouse that I'm excited to talk about. So let's tell everyone as we start your name, where you are in the world and list off some of those things you're up to. And we'll dive into them and their kind of content more as we go. All right, perfect. Um, I go by the stage name of Ginger Fatal. Um, so I own a burlesque adult dance studio in Santa Ana, California. I live personally in Long Beach, California. Um, I am also a licensed professional clinical counselor, board certified dance movement therapist, and working on my sex therapy certification. Uh I produce burlesque shows for professionals and perform professionally around LA and Orange County. And uh, I feel like that's probably like the big topics. <laughs> <laughs> so as I kind of warned everyone who's listening, just a few things that you have experienced specialty or expertise in. I want to begin with the therapy side of things. How did you know that that is where you wanted to spend your time? Uh, you know, that was just one of those like subjects that sounded really cool in high school, which sounds really lame. Um, but no, not at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm kind of a nerd about this stuff. So I'm into it. Um, and friends have always talked to me about their problems and that just seemed like a natural progression. Um, but as I started, you know, in undergrad and things, I was like, I really love all of this. And I was going to go to school to get my master's to be a social worker. And as I like started applying, I was like, this sounds terrible. Like this is not my calling. And so I was just looking around and I found literally stumbled on uh, dance movement therapy as a master's program I was like that. I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. I don't know exactly what that is, but that's what I need to do. Um, so then I got my master's in that. And I love using people's bodies yeah. and their movement to um, you know, just help them heal and help them be more integrated. It's a huge, it's just amazing. I love being that. In the past six to nine months, maybe I have heard more about either people who've been on this podcast or friends of mine talking about how they have found a movement-based therapist and how it's the only thing that's made a difference for them. So for people who have no idea what we're talking about, what is movement-based therapy and how does it tap into parts of our psyche that other t modes of therapy can't? 
Yeah, absolutely. There is a huge umbrella of like somatic therapies. I specifically am a dance movement therapist. So that's what I know the most about, but in terms of how it's different than talk therapy, like your brain holds lots of things. And, um, as a society, we put a lot of stock into like, you can think through your problems or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But when you were a kid, you didn't have any words for a lot of these things. And so your body holds on to a lot of those experiences and we experience trauma in our bodies. We, um, that's like that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response, right? All of that's a body-based experience. And so when you really want to dig into something, your body holds so much more wisdom that we just need to be able to tap into and your brain can only process so much. So as we kind of work through that, it releases, it releases that and what helps you work through it. It's just a much deeper processing. A friend of mine described um, her a recent session where the therapist was like throwing a ball gently at her and then getting a little bit more aggressive about it. And it was no big deal. And then they asked her to throw it back at them hard, as hard as they could. And they couldn't. And he was like, great, we got to where we wanted to go. Let's unpack that. And she's like, how did that happen? How did you use my body to break into my brain? <laughs> Yep. Yep. And, and and it can just be sometimes a little weird thing like that. You're like, how is that going to do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> well, and I, I really love that you have gone on to, do, or do you own or have you created or partner with the Open Space Therapy Collective? Like what is your part in that? So I can clarify that for everyone listening first. Uh, I am a clinical supervisor and lead therapist. That is actually um, a human that I went to grad school with founded that. Amazing. So for everyone who doesn't know, what is Open Space Therapy Collective? We are a queer-centered, BIPOC-centered therapy practice, and we practice out of Silver Lake, California. Um, And we're just a group of humans who want to provide services for people who have been marginalized and, you know, decolonize mental health because it's important. (laughs) It's so important. And what has surprised you about offering support services for that specific, those specific communities. Like, I think everyone is aware of how being marginalized adds intricacies to all the other things that were going on different layers of trauma and need. But how have you been surprised of what offering that has opened up for yourself or for some of the um, people that you're working with? Both, uh, both myself and my clients. Um, I think so many people come to me and, or come to us in general, and they're like, it's been so hard to feel seen. My -hmm. therapist wasn't engaged. I had to do a lot of, um, education (laughs) on my intersectionalities and that's just so much labor. And we're like, well, you don't have to do that here because we get it. Um, and so I feel like it leads to such a deeper connection and a deeper processing so much faster instead of going through all of this therapy is enough work. You don't need to be educating your therapist. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's something that occurs to me is obvious, but I, until you just kind of explained it that way, I'm like, oh yeah. Like everyone's showing up with their stuff or lack of knowledge. And I can only imagine how painful it is to think you're going to a therapist who's going to help and then realize as much as they want to help, they can't even get to like level one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Whole new uh, door opened in my brain of all the things that could happen and go down in that space. Um, but how are you balancing for yourself 
the therapy side and the dance side, because you have that other side of you, the ginger fratal, right? Where they sound like they could be contradictory spaces, but I'm going to guess that you're going to tell us that they're not really. Not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I founded um, Soul on Fire Dance. That is my dance studio. I founded that because there needed to be a space for folks who wanted to express themselves through dance and for it to feel safe and for it to feel, um, you know, good for once. When you get to be an adult, there's so few spaces that want that. They're all the competitive dance, or you're going to be in these commercials, or you're going to go on tour. And some of us are like, well, we didn't start dancing until we were 25. So that's not in mope. That's not going to be a thing. Um, And so all of my dance instructors are trauma-informed because being a movement therapist, I know that trauma is stored in your body. And so we might do a thing and someone's like, freeze response. And you're like, well, wait a minute, what happened? And so I want all of my students to feel safe. And I want all of the students that come to the studio to also feel that. So while they are seemingly contradictory on the outside, the premises are very, very similar. <laughs> and I think I heard you say, and maybe, and correct me if I was wrong, that there's now like a fourth F of flight, fight, flight, freeze. And did you say fawn? Fawn. What is mm-hmm. fawn? Fawning is like the people pleasing, like anything is, that's fine. That's okay. That's great. Uh Uh-huh. Just kind of like going along because anything else is too scary to. Just getting sucked into the river. Okay. (laughs) And how, and I'm going to nerd out on this little, the four F's for a second. So I think everyone understands the, the flight or flight response and people are starting to see the freeze response, but do people have all four of those responses within them is are they is one dominant is it situational i feel like that really depends on the person i feel like most people definitely have like one that they kind of lean towards um but yeah it can be it can be absolutely situational i definitely Mm -hmm. find myself uh like for me personally i do a lot more freezing uh, but there are some things where i will go straight into fight and you're like oh (laughs) that was interesting Let me do some work about where that one came from. Uh, So, yeah. I have a funny fear that if I lean too hard into like a martial arts space, that it'll like unlock something where I don't know when to stop. Like I've done a couple of jujitsu classes and they're fun. And like, it was me looking ridiculous most of the time. So I laughed at myself more than I was a threat to anyone besides like accidentally poking some in the eye, which is a big (laughs) no-no. Um, but, but I always get nervous of like, I've never pushed myself in that kind of fighting combative survival space. And I have this irrational fear that I would get in a situation that would scare me. And I would just, this fight version of myself that I've never seen would come out. And part of me is like, Ooh, maybe we shouldn't do jujitsu if that's what I'm worried about. (laughs) Maybe you should see a dance therapist and you can work through those things. (laughs) right? Maybe I need not people touching me to like move. Yeah. To experience that. Um, it's just so silly, but I think to you, to your point earlier of like people have one or you, you're familiar with the one that you often have if you, if you've seen it, but I, I get nervous that I have the other ones and don't know it. Like the people who get scared and punch them in the face because that's their automatic response. I'm like, what if that's secretly inside of me? Ooh, okay. I need to look out for that, which Again, I doubt I have. 
Well, but just to like put therapist hat on, what would be Mm. so bad about having some fight response in you? Nothing. And I think that's why I think I've tapped into it in small ways, you know, whether it was being a competitive athlete or the thing, it's the thing that you don't realize, like when the trigger and response is so close together that you don't notice it. Like there's moments when I'm like instantly going to mama bear mode, especially for clients people I care about, where all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? And I, it's just, that is not, people who know me be like, that is not a care response. But I think they can see when the horns like slowly emerge from my head. <laughs> just like coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, one horn has come out. Because they can, they see that like stiffness or the body shift when I'm in that mode, but it's never been where I'm like, oh, now we're going to fight. It's more of it's preparing, preparing for battle definitely starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's a normal, res- like that's a normal yeah. response, right? Like I'm feeling protective. Yeah. I need to get into that. And so, yeah, you will have body shifts because your body has to tense up, has to protect. It's got to find its power somewhere. Yeah. And I'm, I apologize for whomever I have my unintentional automatic fight response to whenever that decides to emerge. <laughs> You know, if they triggered you, maybe they deserved it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we go back to eight-year-old you, would they have imagined that this is what you're up to today and this is how you're serving your community and yourself? No. <laughs> eight-year-old me hadn't even started dance lessons yet. I was still like awkwardly trying to figure out what kind of extracurricular like thing I was supposed to be doing. Uh, So if you told me that I was running a dance studio and like doing all of this other stuff, I would just look at you and be like, that's funny. What did you, you, what did you imagine you'd be doing at that time? What are you even doing at eight years old? Like, uh, I feel like when I was eight, I was like, I want to work with animals and I want to be a vet. And that sounded like a good thing. And then, you know, I, I'm way too sensitive to work with animals. Like I, they, yeah, I couldn't do that. So power to them because they're important people, but that is not in my wheelhouse. So I'm really glad that that was not what it was, but I think I wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Is that a cat I hear in the background? Yeah, she is. The, <laughs> the cat would really like to go outside. So she's attacking the door. Sorry. Oh, no. Do you want to let go let her outside? You can. No, she's oh. an inside cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she she thinks she's an outside cat. Mm-hmm. She, can, she was a stray and came in from the outside and was like, I live here now. But then she's like, but I want to go outside. I'm like, you wear a leash now. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't do the two things at once. She'll get over it. <laughs> What has it been like to step into your own power as a business owner? Hard. It's been really hard and really scary. Um, I feel like I have trained my brain for so long that I can't do anything by myself. I need help. I need this. But at the same time, being very independent, can't ask for help. Um, so when I started this, I needed like a business partner and I needed this and I needed all of these things to learn and to do all the things right. Um, and then as it kind of progressed, the universe very quickly told me like, that is not what this is. This is your baby. And yes, you have people around you who are supportive and loving and things, but like, this is, this is your contribution to the community. Mm -hmm. So you need to own it and you need to do exactly what you feel is right. And if other people don't like that, then 
Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that brings up a really interesting topic because so many people are paralyzed in regards to like delegating. They're so afraid to be the bad boss they had. They also, there's a narrative in our culture today about prioritizing collaboration. And I don't think we've been responsible talking about the power of collaboration. And we've left out the piece about what it means to be a leader and how like it's, collaboration is not about unlimited compromise. And I think that it's, you know, having business partners is an example of that. Like great leaders are, we're not liked often. So how, how are you, how comfortable are you to not be liked is a really interesting question. And do you believe in it enough to not be liked all the time? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was, that was really hard for me to learn. Um, but at that point it got, you know, you get to the point where it's like, it's my business or this person who I don't actually agree with. Mm -hmm. And so is this my voice and my calling or is it people pleasing? And where am I going to go with that? Um, but collaboration, you know, like you said, it's not unlimited compromise, but finding people who are maybe other business owners with similar <laughs> missions. And you're like, I can collaborate with you. I like this piece. We can create this baby. It goes out into the world. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we also get this loyalty element where once you have, you've done something with someone, you're like, we're just going to work together forever. And it's like, should we? Do we want to? Yeah. Like we, we, I think it is really interesting that back and forth of believing so firmly in what you're creating and knowing you can do it. And at the same time being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. How, like, how do I make it happen? Cause I do believe that we're not meant to do life alone. And it's so much easier when we have our village and our team, but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of leaders trying to work together. It's way more of like, how do we all fit together to fill in the blanks? Yeah, absolutely. I found that business coaching was my, like, that was the thing. And I, I was doing one-to-one coaching um, mm-hmm. and she was amazing and pushed me through a lot of my blocks and it was fantastic. Um, and then I got put into a container with other business owners. And I was like, okay, so somebody sees me, but I'm still making the decision, but they can listen to me freak out for a bit and then like <laughs> yeah. have to go make the decision. But like somebody heard me and isn't going to try and give me like the advice. They're just going to be like, yeah, you're cool. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> go, go do things now. Yeah. Even just to have, you know, in the, my thrive group that I'll do, I'll ask people like, who's feeling the same way as so-and-so and like the whole everyone in the zoom raises their hands and they're like, Oh, really? I thought it was just me. And you're like, no, Mm -mm. like what business owners freak out on is actually a pretty short list that we just keep repeating, freaking out about. (laughs) It's so true. She has a slightly different color to it. And you're like, Oh, it's exactly the same thing. All right, cool. (laughs) Well, I think I'm sure you see this with your therapy clients that we think we've dealt with something and we're done with it. When really we just keep dealing with the same thing at a different level or different capacity. It's, if you have a money story, you're like, oh, it broke through at $5,000. And you're like, okay. And then you're like, why do I have a money story at $100,000? And you are like, because we didn't get deep enough the first time. Because <laughs> right, now there's more things added to it. Yeah. New layers down. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> when you see the impact that you're 
having on the students at the dance studio. How does that change your perspective on the world and your perspective on yourself? Oh, I feel like I'm still working on taking all of these things in. Um, So we did OC Pride this past weekend, um, which is a huge event, like 35,000 people. And um, I put my students up on a stage on there for the second time. And just watching them like light up and they looked so powerful and like they all... (laughs) A few of them came up to me crying afterwards and then I started crying. Like, I am so excited to be able to do that. And then at the same time, like, am I really doing that? I'm like, no, of course you are because you made all these connections and you put this all together and that wouldn't have been a thing otherwise. Um, But I think the feedback loop is still really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have done this on their own. No, no. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) firm no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, and logically I hear that, but my body, I'm still working on my own stuff, but like my body's like, eh, maybe, um, it's getting easier. Like the more, the more they just come up to me and are crying happy tears and giving me hugs. I'm like, okay, no, I I can take this in. It's a practice, but I can take this in. Yeah. There's such gratitude in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for everyone who's listening, you have a t-shirt on that says, don't be a lady, which I love. <laughs> Just and, be a legend at the bottom. Oh, um, oh makes the shirt even better than I already thought it was. <laughs> don't be a lady, be a legend. Yes. Maybe we're changing this podcast name to powerful <laughs> legends. I will get back to everyone on that. Um, so with, I want you to tell us what your definitions are of powerful and ladies. And if that definition changes when they're next to each other and how that aligns with the shirt you're wearing today. Free parter. <laughs> so sorry, I'll repeat it if we need to. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll start with powerful. Powerful to me, I think, is being honest and open and true and genuine and being able to stand with those things, even if other people don't like it. Like it is your truth and your power, right? Like it's, that's what's inside of you. And if that's your voice and you have to be able to use it, that's what I feel like that is for me. Um, a lady, Hmm. Being a queer person, (laughs) I'm still, I think I'm still kind of struggling with what lady means to me. What it immediately conjures up when I said it this first time is, uh, like prim and proper kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I hate that. That's not what that is. Um, women or ladies are so downplayed so often and it drives me bananas. Fucking hate it. Um, we're strong, powerful humans too. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I use powerful. And so I guess when they're together, like, I'm like, yeah, let's do the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know where we're going, but we're going to go somewhere and let's go do that. And it's going to be awesome and we're going to have fun and it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can't stop us. You really can't. You you mentioned being genuine and being authentic to yourself is what powerful is. What has that journey been like for you in stepping into your own power? I feel like I am 
honest and genuine, probably to a fault. Um, I don't like bullshit. I don't like to sugarcoat. Uh, <laughs> everything that comes out of my mouth, you know that I mean. Um, and that unfortunately or fortunately, that is in all spaces. Like I tell it to my clients like that. Um, <laughs> and I've been fired for being too blunt. Um, but I, I come at it to my friends and my students and everybody is just, if I think that you're holding back or you're doing something, then like, that is what I'm going to tell you. Like, I think you can do better. And I want people to tell me that too. Um, and then I think the, the like feedback loop is always like, well, you can always do better. Like now, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> right. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, uh, but that's what. Well, I, I, I like directness as well. And when someone is direct with me in positive and negative ways, I really go back to that, that saying of behind every critique is a commitment. Like people are telling me the truth because they want me to know the truth so I can get either back in alignment with who I am or want to be or where I'm trying to go. And it, to me, when you're honest and direct with someone, you're respecting them at such a different level than what happens on a regular basis. When, some are sh- when someone sugarcoats something, it tells me that they don't think I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's very triggering for me. But <laughs> it's, it's a, why do you think I'm small or smaller than you are where you can't even tell me the simple truth about what you're thinking? And also, why are you letting me tolerate something either to myself or from other people that I shouldn't? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the horns are coming out. I'm going to try. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, watch, I'm watching you shift. <laughs> watching you shift. Um, but, you know, so many people are worried about gentle communication. So where do you think gentle communication is effective? And should we have it at all? And where, where's, how can direct, how can people um, hear direct feedback and not be insulted by it? Mm. I think gentle communication definitely, at least that comes out very often in the therapy space too, right? Like, okay, something about inner child came out cannot be as direct with them, but like, I can still ask the same question. It's just going to be a little gentler. Uh, my approach to it <laughs> is the truth still the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just the way that it gets phrased. Um, in terms of direct feedback, there are so many places where that has been harmful for so many people that taking mm-hmm. that in is, it can be really painful. Um, for me specifically, it is just kind of knowing the person that I'm going to give them feedback or even prefacing it with like, I'm going to tell you something you might not like. Are you okay with that? (laughs) And then they get the option to say yes or no. Yeah. Are you prepared? (laughs) Ginger's coming out for a second. She's going to come in hot. So yes, no. Um, I think it's preparing people and kind of sometimes it's just getting them used to my style and be like, I'm not going to change. So you can either take me or leave me. Yeah. Yeah. When I think the masters of communication and probably what you put on with like your therapy hat, when that your therapy hats on is 
being aware of, of like what the listening is you have in the room because people who's listening you know you've got and i'm sure you don't think twice about just telling them how you feel um and there's i think there's such an interesting mastery it's like a jedi mind trick of knowing when to use which toggle to like produce the same result um it's part of why i love like all like communication training and courses and and whatever new research is coming out in that space because we can create so we can we create everything with our words literally everything and if we can master the words and all the other elements of tone and body language whatever and everything else that goes into it it really allows us to step into our creating whatever we want and in such a different way um i wish more i wish communication was one of those things taught in school it really should be <laughs> i have a friend who teaches nonverbal communication at cal state long beach and i'm like i that should be required course for yeah literally the world should be yeah. <laughs> i need you to teach that to everybody on the planet please and thank you <laughs> yeah exactly where did the name um ginger fatal come from um so i named myself after ginger rogers because she can do anything that fred astaire does but backwards in high heels um and fatal i just always wanted to be a femme fatal <laughs> yeah so it's like double badass <laughs> yeah and you know i named myself when i was 20 so that sounded cool at the time I it works <laughs> still sounds cool now but you know, maybe my thought process would have been different now i don't know <laughs> Is it kind of like your, do you feel like your whole personality changes depending on which like name you're using? Oh, it totally used to. And now it doesn't at all. Uh, (laughs) Who's taken over? (laughs) They met in the middle somewhere, like government name and and burlesque name met in the middle somewhere. Um, Ginger has always been much more assertive and commanding and i think that those were definitely things that i wanted in my life and as i practiced being on stage and like commanding people and then started teaching and just kind of seeing the confidence and things that that brought out in me i was like oh i i could be like that in real life yeah when you think about all of the communities that you serve and just our community in general What are some things that you wish everyone just knew? That everyone is inherently different than you. (laughs) We are, we are different humans with different viewpoints, with different intersectionalities, with different histories, and just to be kind to one another, because we don't always understand what the other person is going through. And you might connect with people over one thing, but that doesn't mean that this other thing isn't going to do something totally different to them. So just to be open and kind with other people is like the biggest tenet of how I want to live my life. Yeah. What are you creating and what are you excited about for the back half of this year? Oh, that's been such a funny question because I was like, pride is everything. And pride was three days ago. And I'm like, what am I doing now? Um, I'm focusing on producing more burlesque shows, like as as a producer instead of as a performer, which has been really exciting. So I have a couple of things that I'm working on. Um, I want the studio to grow some more. So if anybody is interested in taking dance classes, come and dance with us. <laughs> um, and 
I'm at the moment, I'm kind of happy with where the therapy practice is. It's mm-hmm. like part, part ish, full ish time. Um, and that feels good for the amount of showing up and being present that I do in all the other spaces. I like to be mm-hmm. a whole present therapist. And so I feel like if I take on too many more clients like that, then I can't be that. So I had a conversation recently with both a client and a podcast guest about how we have to pivot as business owners from when are we the talent to when are we the producer? And it's something that I think is also a learned navigation. And for the work that you do, you're not just there and like providing this amazing service, but it's the how much energy and focus it takes to just hold the space. And like, I, I, as a business coach, that's like, I think all my day is spent holding space. And so when people want to talk after a full day of sessions, I'm like, can we just float in a pool and not talk to each other? Maybe just like hold hands. Cause that's about all I have capacity for. A hundred percent. So what are you doing to, to allow yourself to have a strong container for other people and to energy like balance that energy like how, what are you doing to make sure that you have the all the energy and resources you need i'm still really trying to figure that out too baby businesses are are needy things they're very needy things yeah. um so what i'm sort of starting to figure out is that um like my heavy client lows are days that i don't teach right yeah. they're days that i'm either not at the studio at all or um like they're yeah they're just they're, they're separated on the days where I have to be in both lighter loads on both ends. Um, and just kind of negotiating where those things are. Um, I also recently made a shift. Part of the other thing that I do is I work inpatient psychiatry. That's another like, uh, facet of therapy life. It's not just open space. Um, and so, but like being paid more for that was really helpful. I like made a shift in my, uh, job, employer. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like doing that, I was like, Oh, I feel better being compensated. That feels safer for my, my own money stuff as a business owner, but just kind of negotiating little pieces here and there to see where that is. But I take my Mm -hmm. own dance classes. Like I take my take from my teachers. I spend time venting to my friends. And sometimes I just lay and stare at the ceiling on my Mm -hmm. couch. (laughs) Yeah. I got a stern, um, coaching session from my coach that Sleep does not count as alone time. <laughs> yeah. Mine <laughs> tells me that rest is not earned. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I really want to just lean in more on all of this. Okay, fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or body just shuts you down. Yeah. Because you need a nap, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Or you get sick, which is usually what happens to me, where I'll be like, everything's fine. And then I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really practicing the warning signs, hence like all the juices I now have in my house where I'm like, okay, we're just going to juice forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nutrients. Ask, right. All those things that we, our body's like that helped a lot. Thank you. <laughs> we ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful person you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on average? Oh, I'm terrible at these. Let's see. 
I'm definitely not the most powerful human ever, but maybe today, maybe today I'm like a solid five. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know. Yeah. And on average, I feel like today's a pretty average. Well, no, today, maybe, maybe today I'm a six and on average I'm a five. Cause I'm doing a lot of code switching in my brain today. Like I've gone from therapist to podcast to meetings to and now i'm going to teach later and so brain is going to do a lot of things so i feel more powerful today if i can handle it yeah have you ever looked at the ripple effect that you're creating <laughs> i'm too scared to do that still um i feel like on some days it's a lot more apparent than it is on other days and some days I get really stuck on the back end of my business. And I'm like, I'm not making enough money. I'm not doing enough things. I haven't advertised today. I didn't, did I make a social media post? I don't think I sent out that newsletter. Did I send that out? I don't know. And so when I get stuck in that, I can't ever look at the ripple effect because I am so mm -hmm. stuck in business brain. But there are some days when I'm just like, I need to turn that off and I will just sit in my lobby and I will stare at my students and be super creepy, like while someone else is teaching a <laughs> class. And I see all of them like laughing and smiling and connecting. And like, then they all send this group. We're in like a gigantic studio group text. And they're all like, let's go to the beach together. And I'm like, these people came to me saying that they didn't have any friends as an adult because they moved somewhere from far or they moved from somewhere far away. And now like, look at this community. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> So yes and no. Some days I look at the ripple effect and it's really powerful and some days I get stuck. So I would like to spend more time looking at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's, there's a really cool exercise I've done where you write down everyone that you've impacted and then you start writing down everyone that they've impacted. And it's really incredible how quickly it gets to thousands of people. And usually whenever someone does it, they're like, but I'm just a nobody. And you're like, well, clearly you're not because you just impacted 3,572 people that you were able to count. Like the, the myth that powerful humans have to be Oprah is the entire genesis of this podcast. <laughs> you know, that shifts some things. <laughs> I will, I will take that nugget of knowledge. Thank you. What, what opened up for you? Uh, well, I don't know. I guess if I think about it that way, then maybe I am higher on your powerful ladies scale, right? Because my, I'm going to keep going back to pride because it is the most recent yeah. thing in my brain. Um, but like a bunch of my students were like, I felt really good up on that stage. And then audience members came up and they were like, I just wanted to tell you what your, like their performance meant or your performance meant to me to see that. And then my students were like walking around pride and they would come back to the booth all excited. They're like, someone just recognized me from being on stage and told me I did a good job. And I was like, there are 35,000 people here. <laughs> and yeah. you just got recognized in a crowd. Like, how does that feel? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So we can already start with 35,000 people impacted <laughs> on your list. So you've got an extra zero already. 
<laughs> Already. And we haven't even started counting yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe we'll bump me up to like, <laughs> like a seven. <laughs> There's no rules. There's, There's no, no rules. rules. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see how that sits. I might text you later and be like, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> We've also been asking everyone who comes on as a guest, what do you need? What's on your manifest list? What is something you think is ridiculous? What is something you need right now that's really practical? This audience and this community are very supportive, collaborative, and have lots of tools, connections, resources. So we're asking you what you want so we can really help move that forward, whether it's myself and my team or if it's whoever is listening right now. Hmm. I feel like the the practical thing that I'm not even sure how I would get to it is I need like more students, <laughs> like just to le- legitimately just to pay the bills. Like I need more mm-hmm. students. Um, and then I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know how that comes in, but that's, if that's what you're asking what I need, then that's yeah. what I need. And if you want something ridiculous, like this is not something that I'm expecting right now, but we're just going to put it out to the universe is that I no longer want to rent a space. I want to own a space because I firmly believe that the only way that I can ensure the safety and like the energy and the able, <laughs> the ability for me to hold this space is if I own it and make all the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I've got a landlord or other things that are kind of chiming in, then that's not clean. Permit. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be creating a space that you can own and more students. Mm-hmm. Those are okay. my manifestations. Okay. And is there a number on how many more students you want right now or just any, just more? Well, let's see. I got 114 emails at Pride when we had a booth and did that. So let's, let's take a hundred. Okay. A hundred. Perfect. Check. All right. So everyone listening, we need a hundred more people who want to dance together and have a great time based in Santa Ana. And then we need um, a space also in Santa Ana. Are you open to it being other places? Kind of partial to Santa Ana at this point. However, I will make a caveat that all of my classes are also offered on Zoom. Every single one of them, because it increases accessibility for folks who aren't ready to be out in the world with COVID things or mobility or transportation. So I can come to your living room is what I'm saying. <gasps> well, that makes it so much more exciting. Now everyone listening just got, I'm just see all the sparks happening. because they're like, oh, now I can join. I'm in who knows where. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. And I've had people from the East coast. I've had pe- people follow us from London. So, you know, <laughs> your class time might be kind of weird because they are live, <laughs> but it's an option. For sure. Burlesque at four in the morning. Why not? Like, why not? That's one way to like charge the day for sure. Right? <laughs> oh, so for, sexy. Oh, I love that. That needs to be on things. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody who wants to um, come dance with you, support you, collaborate on things, um, get, you know, support the therapy that you're doing, where are all the places that they can find you and connect? Uh, so the dance studio, you can find us all of the contact information is at soulonfiredance.com. 
Okay. And perfect. yeah, super easy. And then if you want to find me as a therapy human, I will look the same um, with a different <laughs> name. Um, and that is openspacetherapycollective.com. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We bounced all over. So thank you for going on the ride with me of all the topics. We could have spent an hour just on each one. So we might need to talk about having you come back to dive in deeper in some spaces. Would love but to. I just thank you for who you're being in the spaces that you're creating for people. There's such an opportunity and a need for inclusivity and just safe spaces and love and allowing people to be their wonderful, weird self is selves because we all are. So thank you for creating that for people. I know how hard it is to be the one causing that space and holding it for everybody. So I acknowledge you for that and say thank you. You know, I sleep better at night knowing there are people like you out there doing the hard work and serving people in the same with the same level of love and dedication that I am. Because then it just reminds me that humans are good and we can figure this out. And there's more there's more good guys than bad guys. So like, how do we keep talking and connecting to each other um, and not stay disconnected? So thank you so much for sharing your story and for being a yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. All the links to connect with Ginger, her dance studio, the Therapy Collective, and beyond are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. If you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.